It's time for your VO news served piping hot and fresh. Gather round. It's time for the VoiceOver Cafe. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting edition of the VoiceOver Cafe. Not that uh, an exciting edition, Trish. Apparently, the rest of the shows have sucked. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> but this is the exciting one. Right. It's the always, exciting the edition. It's always the more exciting one. But, you know, it's just it keeps getting more and more exciting every time. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. This is the VoiceOver Cafe VO News served up piping hot. And uh, we've got uh, quite a bit of stuff going on today. Johnny Heller will be uh, with us a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, it, very excited to talk to Johnny, actually. He's, he's done almost 400 audiobooks and some pretty big titles, too. So I'm really excited to talk to him and ask him a couple of uh, questions. Well, I'm glad he's got the attention span to do that because I have a hard time getting through his promo. I do too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, audiobooks are such a such an alien to me. Uh, I I really I, I I did one once just to see if I could do it, and I did it, but uh, it, I found out it wasn't too much for me. But I I have a great respect for people that do them in you know day in and day out. No question about it. It's I. <laughs> I've done about a dozen of them, and I have to be really engaged in the content. For example, it's got to be either something about sports or something marketing-related. That really does keep my attention. And and for those of you that are uh, uh, not just getting into voiceovers but have, have done it for a while... You know, it's it's definitely don't, don't accept an audiobook gig if you can't get it done. Because mm-hmm. I've learned the hard way, and this happened many, many moons ago. I accepted a job that was absolutely dreadful, Trish. And oh, no. uh, about a fourth of the way through it, I quit. No. <laughs> I could. Well, you know, it's it's better to stop the bleeding early. Right. But it's like make sure that you you a have the attention span to do it. B can get it done on time, and uh, if if none of those things qualify, you're you're just not, and that's okay. You're not uh, you're not qualified to do audiobooks. That's true. You you want to hear something funny? Is that have I ever told you the the one audiobook that I actually did? But yeah, you did one that was really lengthy. Am I correct? No, it wasn't that lengthy. Actually, it was only about forty thousand words, I think, which is smaller than most audio books in general. But it was yeah. still big for me. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the content was kind of funny, um, sort of coincidental. Uh, it was about a hair color. It was for a hair coloring artist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And if anybody that doesn't know me, that's never met me, I have purple hair. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> so I thought it was kind of funny when the uh, when when the author actually emailed me and said, "Hey, I have this audiobook series, and you know, I'd like to hire someone. I really like your voice." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Have have you seen a picture of me online?" And he says, "No. Why?" <laughs> so said, this, is, this is the perfect content for me. So uh, anyway, it was fun. I, it was a good learning experience. I'm glad that I did it, but I kind of swore it off after that, unless they're going to pay me a huge amount of money to, you know, so that I can outsource the editing. Right. Uh, I'm important. not, I don't plan on doing it. Well, again. it's a lot of grueling hours. And my mm-hmm. issue is what made my attention span even smaller, Trish, is I started getting these theme park announcement gigs. 
mm-hmm. for you know Stone Mountain Park oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, Darien Lakes and, and all these other kind of uh, uh, not only uh, state parks but amusement parks and zoos where they were just more like liners, almost more like imaging liners. And right. I think those were responsible for shrinking my brain because <laughs> nowadays uh, <laughs> these very lengthy projects are becoming uh, just more and more just just tougher to accept. Yeah. You know, the yeah. e-learning stuff is OK because it's all broken down into individual modules. Mm-hmm, that's true. It does <laughs> make it a little easier to eat bite by bite. Yes, <laughs> it is. You know, you just got you got to be kind of spoon fed some of these projects for, for some of us who have, uh, you know, some of us ADHD voice talents out there. Yeah. <laughs> when you no, see it's... all that text on one page, you know, it can it can give you a migraine. So, I mean, audiobooks aren't really uh, my forte, but we, we certainly have a great narrator on today. No question about it. Oh, yeah. And that's what makes the world, especially the VO world, go around. You know, there's a different thing for everyone. You know, everybody's got their own strengths and their preferences. And some people don't even touch commercials, but some some of us do them for a living. And some people don't do audiobooks and, you know, other people won't touch them with a 10-foot pole, you know. So it's uh, – but, uh, yeah, I'm very excited that um, that we that we have Johnny on. So, oh, isn't that um, – isn't that Bish over there? It looks like he's on break. Well, when is he not on break? Uh-huh. Does he is he actually? But well, my question is: Is he actually employed here? Yes, I believe he owns the place, Terry. <laughs> I know you guys don't get along very well, but he's the owner, which is probably why he's allowed to be, you know, a little snooty to you. Once no, in a I while. don't believe that. I don't even believe he's the owner. No, no. Bring, you know what? Bring him over because, I, um, you know, we have uh, voiceover virtual coming up with voiceover extra, and I think he's one of the other presenters. Well, let's bring him over. Bish. All right. Hey, Bish. Oh, hi, guys. Hey, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Quiet day today. Break? No, I'm just letting Doreen run the show for the moment. She does a good job. So, uh, good. <laughs> ah, what's going on? Hey, you, you want to sit down with us and chat for a few minutes? Sit down with, with him? Well, okay, no. then. Well, well you can sit, sit next to me. Yeah, sit over there. I was going to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, well, so what do you what are you doing for voiceover virtual? Well, actually, I'm part of um, it's a kitchen themed thing. So uh, Christy Bowen's running a career recipes for success. I think they're calling it uh, Christy's Kitchen. So <laughs> doing oh, cool. what I do, it was sort of a perfect fit. So uh, uh, I've got a little segment in there, spilling some words of wisdom. Okay. But so voiceover virtual, are you guys excited? I'm actually really excited ab- about it. It's uh, it's something that's never been done before. Tariana and I are, are doing a social media presentation, and it's all online. It's this really cool online conference. Yeah, we're going to be doing, uh, Trish, you're going to be doing, I think, a lot of stuff with, with Twitter. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll be talking about social media marketing with Facebook and SoundCloud, some of the uh, the online tools that's really that have really helped me actually, you know, get clients uh, on, a, on a yearly basis. So, and I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the list here and it just seems like, man, there's just any type of, of niche in the voiceover industry. If you're trying to get into uh, anything from audiobooks to on-hold messaging to e-learning, uh, man, there's a lot of good speakers in here. And Johnny Heller is actually one of the other presenters. Now that we're, I mean, we're going to be talking to him in a few minutes, but um, and we'll probably ask him other questions too. But uh, the, he is one of the other presenters at Voiceover Virtual. Yeah, he's going to be doing uh, a little bit on uh, audiobooks and you know, how to create and maintain characters. So that should be great. 
Oh, nice. Oh, and our very own Tom Deere, he couldn't be with us today. Uh, he actually is in a session, but um, Tom is also doing, well, he's he's doing, uh, he, he's helped coordinating the whole event. Um, first of all, he's been kind of one of the marketing people for VoiceOver Virtual and um, but he's also, he's going to be in the Tiki Lounge. I'm so excited. I'm going to, uh, Terry, are you going to visit him, virtually visit Tom in the Tiki Lounge? Yes, I am. I'm going to grab a Goombay smash and head right in. <laughs> it would right. be a virtual drink, though. <laughs> yes, a virtual yeah. Goombay smash. Yes, a virtual one. Well, it's actually pretty neat. Voice so Voiceover Virtual is this online conference, and it's like I said, John Florian from Voiceover Extra is putting it on, and um, there's so many people involved. There's 50 plus presenters, and including the three of us and Tom Deere um, and Johnny Heller, who's coming up, and it's and they actually set it up where you can order food, real food while you're sitting there watching one of the presentations. So you can order when you're actually in the virtual world of VoiceOver Virtual, which is at voiceovervirtual.com, by the way, um, if you want to check it out and register. Um, it's, it's this really cool thing where you're actually sitting down and you could be watching a presentation from either Terry or Bish or me, and you could order food from your local you know place that delivers and actually have food delivered to your door real food delivered to your door and actually uh you know eat while while listening to or and watching a presentation oh trish there's one person you forgot there though rob's doing some legal stuff you don't want to mess up with oh yeah rob Paglia. that's right he's doing a bunch of he's doing stuff with uh, voice of our virtual too so like how to get paid that's important. yes. It's always, that, always important. that would be important. And uh, you know, Eric Shepard, who we uh, friend and talent agent, who we had on the previous episode of Voiceover Cafe, will be uh, will be also one of the speakers. So uh, it's jam packed with uh, some really awesome content. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So yeah, there's you know there's a lot of people registering, and uh, but you can still get in on it. Voiceovervirtual.com. So uh, if you, and it's so cool. It's going to be kind of like a second life tour, sort of thing. We we interviewed John Florian a couple of episodes back, and he said it was sort of like you know it's going to be a virtual world. You actually create an avatar, you go in, and it, it's a whole weekend or I think three day conference. It's the eight seventh September eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth, and. And um, it's coming up quick. So uh, if you do want to get in on it, um, you don't have to fly anywhere. We don't, you know, as much as we all love to see each other in person, it does cost a lot more money to uh, to fly somewhere, stay in a hotel and go to conferences. So this is something that you don't spend any other, you know, dollars on except for the ver- the um, the the. The conference itself and it's it's really neat so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it it's something that's just it's totally new and uh, all of us are, are pretty psyched for it and what is uh what's the what's the website again trish voiceover oh, virtual uh, website yeah it's voiceovervirtual.com very very cool yeah it's a, it's a giant three-day online conference no travel necessary all you need is an internet connection Oh, sorry, guys. I got to shoot off. Uh, Doreen's having trouble o- over there. The uh, Germans are back, and she has more trouble with them than I do. See you later. <laughs> Bye, Bish. Thanks for stopping by. Nice, guys. Later. This is the VoiceOver Cafe VO News served up piping hot. We're going to get to Johnny uh, Heller here. Johnny's a uh, top-level audiobook narrator who has narrated nearly 400 titles for adults, young adults, and children. He is a multi-Audi Award nominee and winner, 
and Audiophile Magazine named him a best voice of 2009 and 2008 and one of the top 50 voices of the 20th century. Wow. Uh, A veteran stage, television, and commercial actor, Johnny is also a stand-up comic, author, and playwright. And uh, here he is now. He's walking into the cafe. How about a thunderous roar of applause for Mr. Johnny Heller? Johnny, thanks for uh, dropping by the cafe. We appreciate it. And, uh, well, let's just start with this. I mean, how did you get your start in uh, in audiobooks? Well, that was, uh, when I started in audiobooks, it was still a multi-million, uh, multi-million dollar business. Now it's like multi-billion dollar business. Uh, so when I started in the early 1900s, um, I, I actually was a, a commercial voiceover guy. And, you know, Richard Ferrone, you know that name? I've heard the name, yes. Trish? He's a dark, dark, kind of deep, you know, those little serial killer voices, you know. And uh, he was working at Recorded Books and lived across the street from me. And we met at, uh, I'd seen him a thousand times, and he said, um, Claudia Howard, who runs Recorded Books down in uh, Union Square, they are now, needed uh, an adult who kind of had a a young person's, um, my sophomoric attitude is what they wanted. They wanted a, a smart ass to play teenage kids who sounded convincing that way, and that's me. So I went and met her, and I started working almost right away. And from then on, I, I just I've been working uh, nonstop ever since. It's been I don't know over 15 years. I've done about 500 books now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what what the hell was that? Uh, Bish just saw Johnny. <laughs> what does he owe him money or something? Uh, no, he's a huge fan. Well, howdy there, Mr. Heller. How about I rustle you up a cup of joe? Okay, okay sure. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, excuse us, Johnny. Bish, can I talk to you for a sec? Why, surely, ma'am. <sighs> what are you doing? Sorry, dear. When I meet a celebrity, I get nervous, and this cowboy accent just bubbles up. Uh-huh. Well, just relax and try to keep it together. Oh, and give me a cappuccino, and I guess surprise Terry with something. No. I'll give him a surprise. <laughs> what is up with him? Uh, he's fine. He was just uh, practicing his accent for that production of Oklahoma he's in. They put a Brit in Oklahoma. Why can't the Cowboys and members of Parliament be friends? <laughs> well, his, his accent's pretty convincing, right? Yeah, right. Uh- <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, Johnny, you've done quite a few biographies, James Madison, Ted Williams, Chris Christie, uh, just to name a few. Uh, How do you prepare for nonfiction as opposed to fiction? And do you read the entire book first? Well, the first half of the question, um, well, the preparation is really the same, um, except that in a nonfiction book, you need to be uh, better at at looking. Make sure you look up all the words and places and names um, because they're real. Um, it, so it knows, you know, it, it, it's a real person's name. So you have to do more research, I think, in fiction, if it is indeed fictitious. I mean, if the place is Cincinnati, it's Cincinnati. But if it's some made-up place or a made-up name, who cares how you say it? But in real life, if it's real, you want to say it correctly. Um, you don't want to say, um, oh, Cairo, Illinois, when it's Cairo, Illinois. You don't want to make a mistake and, 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 and lose yourself about, you know, the 15 listeners in Cairo. You don't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of reading the book first... I think you have to. You have to read the book. People ask that all the time. Of course you have to read the book. Otherwise, I'm a storyteller. I need to know how the story is going to go. 
so I can pace it. It's like telling a joke without knowing the punchline otherwise. Uh-huh. So yes, you read the, you read it all. Okay, that makes that makes sense. I know Tom has uh, Tom Deere has has told us of a of a few people that you know um, have gotten to the end of a book and apparently there was something that completely changed the entire character at the end of the book and they had to go back and read the whole thing over again. <laughs> well, let, let's say you're reading the whole book and you're doing you know a Peter Bishop impersonation for your British character, and you find out that he's actually you know, a copy from Oklahoma. That does. Um, it kind of ruined your read, and that's another, you know, 15 hours back in the studio, perhaps. So it's, all, it's always good to know where you're headed before you get there. Sure. Speaking of Bish, uh, he's coming back with drinks, it looks like. Here's your cappuccino, dearie. Thank you. And, Mr. Heller, here's mm. your, uh, your coffee. Thank you. And for Mr. Manly here, a large skinny hazelnut latte with extra whipped cream sprinkled with powdered nutmeg. <laughs> Should I even ask what this is called? A RuPaul Extra Rouge. <laughs> oh, man. He got you. Oh, nice. boy. Uh, anyway, Johnny, you've narrated a great series of, uh, of horrible Harry children's books um, for uh, by Susie Klein. How do you right. approach, uh, as opposed to what you were just talking about, how do you approach uh, narrating for children as opposed to adults? Um, it's a difference in, in the attitude. In all narration, everything you do comes from the author. Um, your job as a narrator, my job as a narrator, anyone's job as a narrator, if you're doing it right, is to merely be a conduit for the author to the listener. So in a children's book, you just, you know, it's a different attitude you play. Um, and certainly the preparation is not as deep. I mean, I can read my horrible Harry book um, and prep it and do it all within the same hour and a half, say. Um hmm. And also the characters are, are, are continuing in those series. Um, I just, I'm doing a series of uh, uh, did a series of Nerds by Michael Buckley. Uh, the problem there is I did Nerds 1 with these really larger-than-life characters, his kids, not knowing there were going to be Nerds 2, 3, 4, and 5. I might have made some, some different choices had I known. You know what okay. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but the, prep, the prep is basically, it's always the same prep. You have to read the book and know the story and then tell the story. You know, the performance yeah. is the difference. Sure. It's more of a smile, right? I wouldn't ma- imagine oh, narrating for children. Well, yeah. I, I would th- I would, mm-hmm. With kids, and th- sure, it's more upbeat, more friendly, more perky. Um, mm-hmm. Stories can be, you know, a lot of things, the, the pictures are drawn much broader. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the word pictures you paint yourself as a narrator. Well, and a lot, a lot perkier than reading the official Chuck Norris fact book. Uh, yeah, I, I would imagine uh, that was a completely different kind of delivery. Did you enjoy uh, narrating that one? It was fun, you know, because at that at the time I did it, there were all those Chuck Norris things, you know. I, I can't remember half of them anymore, but all those Chuck Norris phrases and things. And then there were these, after you said the funny Chuck, you know, who can do, I can't remember them, but uh, you do this Chuck Norris uh, phrase, and then Chuck Norris weighs in, and he's a right-wing conservative uh, Christian. So he uh-huh. says something, and then he weighs in with his points on it. So I would kind of do the Chuck Norris joke with almost a Clint Eastwood read because I really can't do Chuck Norris, and I can do Clint, <laughs> so I pick him. And then, and then you do the Chuck Norris thing where he comes in and kind of ruins the joke with his serious take on it. Um, it was fun. Give us your best Clint Eastwood. My best Clint Eastwood? Well, say, go ahead and make my day. Something like that, I guess. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the Grimm series by Adam Gidwitz. Um, Adam, Tom Deere mentioned that you have done that recently. What did you like about those? They're wonderful. They're the Grimm stories, but told, you know, the real the real fairy tales that we know and love are really actually vicious, nasty tales. 
handed down by you know, they're Germans, you know, so right away they're they're pretty harsh. Um, the, you know, the real Red Riding Hood. I mean, there's death and mayhem and beheading and blood and gore, and they're still for children. <laughs> so, uh, um, and Adam Gidwitz is a, a teacher in Brooklyn, really great guy. And his first book, A Tale Dark and Grim, and then through a glass grimly. And I'm just going to finish up on Monday at Recorded Books, uh, The Grim Conclusion. And it deals with Hansel and Gretel and then you know, other characters, and it ties it all together. But there's these, there's these wonderful, wonderful um, fairy tales, once upon a time, with that kind of thing. And you go back, and there's all these great characters, and they're really large in life, and they're just wonderful. And the, um, the author, Adam Gidwitz, uh, puts himself into the story as a character in the story so I can edit you know sometimes you read something and you want to editorialize he does mm -hmm. he does it for uh -huh. us so I get to editorialize as well um, oh fun yeah they're they're fun and they're funny and they're wonderful um they're all been award-winning thus far <laughs> let me ask you this Johnny just because we were talking about this uh, a little bit earlier in the show uh, saying how you really have to have the discipline and a good attention span and tremendous focus to be able to get into audiobooks is this something that you kind of had to you know get some training on yourself or really uh, you know work towards because as, as I mentioned to the rest of the cast uh, at the beginning of the call uh, my attention span ever since I started getting theme park announcement jobs has really gone down so uh, I don't even I, I turn down audiobooks now because I just don't have the focus anymore what preparation did you do or kind of get together at the beginning of your career to make sure that i mean you that you can do all these books well um it, it's some can some can't it's like an actor who can sing and dance as well as act you know that's a triple threat i'm i'm a single threat um <laughs> just just one thing I, i've always been good at the voices and voiceover the difference is a voiceover commercial as you know is 15 seconds, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, while the typical audiobook, a typical bestseller is 10 to 12 hours of audio. And you double that, so wow. you need a lot of stamina to do the job. And the trick is to keep your energy up and keep, um, and to keep it, keep it, I hate the expression, but keep it real throughout. Right. Um, I've always been a very high energy individual, always. So that energy part was always there. But I've learned so much over time about how to channel the energy and how to keep the stamina going and how to carry on for all those hours. And I think that's a matter of some ability, some training, some time, and eventually it just kind of uh, hopefully coalesces into a, a positive experience. I believe I'm much better today than I was 10 years ago, um, given all the time. I mean, one of the mistakes most people make initially and throughout is talking much too quickly throughout. And you really shouldn't because you lose your audience and also you're getting paid by the recorded hour. So slow down. Right. Uh -huh. Exactly. <laughs> That's very true. How do you deal with, uh, uh, for example, like one, one of the audiobooks I did, sometimes I struggled. We all struggle with allergies <laughs> in this business, oh, yes. obviously, where all of a sudden, you know, half the book, it sounds great. And then, you know, chapter 13 and 14, you either sound like... Uh, like your allergies are horrible or, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Where it's like yes, sometimes I you do. have to take a break and then, I mean, what do you do when, when that, when that stuff happens to you? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. If, if indeed, for example, I, I prefer to record, like when I'm done with this, with our coffee here, I'm going to go record. I'm much better in the afternoon. and I sound more like me in the morning. I'm a little, you know, like that, and that's not what I want. So you need to pick the time of the day that's best for you. And if indeed you can't match the sound that you've already created for yourself, you have to hold off yep. until, you, until you're there again. You just, I mean, you, otherwise it's gonna sound like someone else is doing the book. Um, you find, 
your voice, you, you, you can generally impersonate yourself. So my suggestion is if you sound like a little husky or a little nasal or whatever, a little different, listen to what you just did and work and try to get that. Generally, you can push your voice up or down, nasal, head, throat. You, know, you can bring the voice in different places in your body. And I think those of you who do voiceover know what I mean. And until you find the sound that matches you. And you have, mm-hmm. but you have to do it. And if, in fact, you can't, if you have a, you know, a thundering headache and a fever, and you're hungover and on and high on crystal meth, you might want to hold off a little. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, come back a little later and do it. Yeah, because other, right. otherwise, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's an auditory experience for the listener, and they're gonna know that suddenly you suck. Um, <laughs> right. So, like, yeah, so my advice is don't guy? don't suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good advice. Good Thank advice. Thank you. Yes. Johnny Hill says don't suck. That should be on. <laughs> speaking, speaking of advice, we have a lot of <laughs> listeners that, um, you know, are, are new to the business, um, being either just voiceover, new voiceover people in general, or people that are really aspiring to get into the audiobook genre. Um, do you have any advice for those people that are just starting out? Uh, yes, I do. Um, a few things. One, um, this, this job of the audiobook narrator is an acting job, first and foremost. So if you don't have any background acting, I suggest uh, that you do some scene study work. Uh, it's really helpful for everything you do, but you need a, an understanding of scene and uh, an understanding of some technique. And you need, I think, also to uh, build up your stamina. And if you're not experienced reading to people, in your local, in your communities, your local library, there will be uh, children's groups or elder, groups of elderly or visually handicapped people. And if you can find a way to read for them, not only is it great karma and a wonderful thing to do, but it increases your ability. You get, you gain the experience you need. Um, and eventually, you're gonna, when you audition or get the job, you're gonna be able to, to do the job. And you're gonna need to find a place that you can record. So I suggest you start looking in your neighborhoods now who has recording studio facilities available that you might be able to use at a reasonable cost before you invest in a home studio or home equipment, which is very expensive. Right. True. And and so do you, yeah, um, so do you narrate generally from home then? Well, I, I, I want to say about 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I'm, I'm in the middle of actually three projects now. Um, two are here in my home studio and one is downtown to record a book studios. I prefer to go to someone else's studio, A, because I like the idea of leaving my house um uh, and and two it's it's just you i don't know it just feels better to me the problem with home studios the the blessing and and the curse is that you're by yourself generally you have no direction now Mm -hmm. i've done about 500 books so i may need less than someone who's done none but when you're there by yourself there's no one to bounce your ideas off of or to tell you slow down or to say hey that's not that's not i think the emotional a place you need to be you know mm-hmm. you don't have anyone with you and I think that's one of the biggest problems with new people coming into the business um, because you only get one chance for a first impression and, right. and, if, you, and if you're not if you don't have it all together and your job is not that good you're gonna you're gonna people aren't gonna give you the second chance you need to show you mm-hmm. can do it while you're working with someone together you can you can create the best you that there is oh that sounds so deep and pithy yeah. <laughs> Full of pith. Yeah. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on and taking time out of your schedule and sharing this information with us. Is there any new cool projects that you quickly want to want to share or that you can talk about? Um, I am doing a project for um, Blackstone. Um, 
and it, it's it, actually I'm, another, I'm finished a project for Blackstone called Death Will Have Your Eyes. It's an assassin's thing, very poetic. And another project for On Purpose Productions, a Canadian production company, which I think is a maybe it's a backlisted title, but it's so they're all my favorite genres, which is uh, mystery noir stuff. And this one is literally mm-hmm. from the, uh, the the 40s, where someone's trying to kill John Wayne. Oh, <laughs> so that's oh interesting. Sadly, my John Wayne presently sucks. I have to work on it. But, um, <laughs> if, it was, if it was Jimmy Cagney, I'd be all over it. But I have to work on John Wayne. I can use cadence, but not his voice. Oh, so you I, could do Jimmy it, Cagney too, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I watch all these 30s and 40s films all my life. You know, I still watch mm-hmm. them. So I, mm-hmm. all those voices are there for me. But uh, I could never do John Wayne. He's like 6'12", I think. And I'm about 5'7". Uh, <laughs> he was tall. Yeah, he's a big tall dead guy, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but this has been great. I really appreciate visiting with you and having my coffee, and it's been wonderful. That's great, and oh, you know, thank we'll, you. well, I'm, if if they ever do an autobiography of my life, Johnny, you're the narrator. Thank you very much. I'll do my best to do you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Johnny. Appreciate you coming on. Okay, so long. All right, All right take, take care. care. Bye. Bye. All right, audiobook narrator Johnny Heller, great guy, Trish. Uh, man, it's yeah. uh, we've really had some great guests on here, and uh, I'm uh, just honored to be with uh, with so many people in our industry that uh, that are just so giving of their time. I know he was fantastic too. He's a very funny guy because he he does he's a comic too. So he's uh, you know I've been told that he's very funny, and I have met him once uh, in person. So he's he's a great guy and very very witty. Um, so uh, we were yeah he he had some great information too that he shared with us and pretty cool stuff going on. That was great. So uh, we appreciate all of you that have listened to the show today. This mm-hmm. has been the Voiceover Cafe. VO News served up piping hot. Trish, thanks for taking time out of your day as well. And, Thank you. Uh, don't forget our sponsor. Yep. Don't forget our sponsor, Voiceover Extra. It's voiceoverextra.com. Again, Trish and I will be a part of Voiceover Virtual. Uh, and of course, I lost the sheet with the date on it. It's September 18th through the 20th. It's right here, Terry. So, I sorry, I was holding the paper. So, here you go. All right. I appreciate that. So, uh, look for us on there. We'll have some great uh, presentations on social media and the voiceover industry as well, uh, along with many, many uh, talented uh, uh, people in that, uh, in that seminar doing lots mm-hmm. of different things. So, Trish, yeah, thank you weekend. so much. Thank you, Terry. We'll talk to you next time. That's a wrap on another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org.